from the combined crew of blindandroidusers.com and accessibleandroid.com, it's time for your favorite Android podcast. Kick back now and enjoy another fine episode from these fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here's your crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 146 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. We're recording today on Saturday, September the 23rd, 2023. I'm Warren. I'm Austin from Mumbai. I'm John Dyer from Virginia. Karin Kiwan from Lebanon. And this is Sadi Kundus from Turkey. Welcome to episode 146. We're glad that you join us today and week after week, we look forward to coming to you guys. And coming up in this episode, we have the following. We have a two-parter, that is two Android basic segments, and we'll be talking about the fourth entry in our series on the Samsung One UI. And today we'll be talking about the notifications and the quick panel. And then, of course, we'll be talking about the QPR for Android 14, QPR 1, Beta 1, something very convoluted, but we'll be talking about it anyhow. And then we close the episode with the tip of the week on how to use the Help Me Write feature found in Google Messages and Google Gmail. Welcome to episode 146. John, let's begin with you, man. What you got cooking? Not much. Uh, just a typical week. It's been cooling down. It didn't really break 80 this week, so that's good. And we're having a lot of rain right now. I think there's a tropical storm going through. No hurricanes uh, or any crazy thing like that, right? No, nothing too bad. Good. Pretty girl, what's going on? Everything is going well here. Actually, we're um, like having some hot weather. It's not so hot, but it's still somehow. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, considered nice compared to the to the tough times of, of summer. But yeah, I hope that things will be better next week. Interesting, because here um, we've been falling down and, uh, you know, weather's been like uh 60s and believe it or not we got so we had i'm sorry so we had our first snow like a couple of weeks ago and then this week we've got a couple of more but not here necessarily about 15 miles west of us in the hills we got some snow out there so that thing is coming and we'll soon be here before we know it austin is it snowing raining or wind blowing out there in your yard so it is raining it was raining from yesterday and it's nice and cool so in our state there is a festival going on and if our listeners hear any drums or bells in the background then there is these ganpati festival which started on sunday so for those of you who don't know ganpati is said to be the hindu god that gives uh, happiness and takes away all the problems so there are some ganpatis that go after three days there are some after five days some after seven days so today is the fifth day of this festival so 
the Ganpati and my building is going to some uh, area near a house. So there are a lot of drums and music and all fireworks in the going on outside. So I thought I'll give you the content. And so I'm here. So it's been a very nice festive uh, week in Mumbai and uh, Maharashtra, which is my state. So all is, everything is good. And we have entered the festive season at last. Does that mean a lot of food? Because that's the part I like. Yeah, it means a lot of food, some firecrackers, a lot of sweets and a lot of music. So it means a lot of everything. It's a mix of everything. Wonderful. Happy celebration to you guys. Pretty boy, handsome boy, whichever one you pick, uh, Sally, how is it with you? I'm doing well. As I told you, I'm getting handsome every day. You know, this is kind of a trouble, but it's okay. I like it. And, you know, what they told me about this new Samsung series, the winters are tough. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's my first time. It's going to be the winter. Today was really warm. It's the 25 degrees Celsius. It was a really great Saturday to enjoy. And I cannot believe it's almost four episodes, like exactly four episodes away from 150. So how do you feel about it, Warren? That's interesting. I'm excited about it. And to be honest, I can't believe we're closing in on 150. So it's just something to, to be thankful for. And uh, you listeners have made this possible. And thank you, Sally, for actually bringing you this know, matter up. You know what? If it if it was on April 1st, we would say, okay, this was the final episodes from Blind and Users Podcast. We will really miss you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, but unfortunately, it's not April 1st. So, yeah, I can't believe we're coming up on 150. This is Android Basics, in which we bring you up to date on the things that you should know to use your Android phone. Let's now move on to our first item in the list, and this time we're talking about the quick panel and the notification center as we continue our journey through the One UI found in Samsung. And of course, we're working with Samsung 5.1. That's uh, One UI 5.1.x. And of course, if you are in the beta, things would be a little bit different. So this is primarily for those of you that are still using Samsung One UI 5.x. John will now give us a preamble before we dive into it. Here's John. Hello, welcome back to our series on Samsung's One UI. Today I'm going to be covering the notification shade and the quick settings panel. I'm on my home screen right now, but you can get to the notification shade from anywhere just by swiping from the very top of the screen down with two fingers or by doing talkbacks gesture for the notification shade, which is to swipe right then down. Notification shade, 8.41 a.m. And once you're in the notification shade, along the top, you'll have six quick toggles. By default, they are... Wi-Fi on, Nymeria button. Sound on, button. Bluetooth on, button. Auto. Rotate, set to portrait, off button. Airplane mode, off button. Flashlight, off button. And 
to toggle these, of course, you just double tap them. So I double tap to turn the flashlight on. On. Double tap to turn it off. Flashlight off. And then if you want to go to the settings for a specific toggle, so let's say... Bluetooth on button. We want to go to the Bluetooth settings. Instead of double tapping to turn Bluetooth on or off, we could double tap and hold. Scanning in progress. Bluetooth. And that Navigate takes us to the Bluetooth button. settings. So that's how you can get to the settings related to any of those quick settings toggles. I'm going to go back to the Stop notification scanning. shade. Home. Search. Notification shade. And below this row of quick toggles, you have device control button and media output button. These are larger buttons. They each take up half the screen width wise. This first one device control button will take you to your smart home devices or a customizable panel of the specific devices you want quick access to. So in my case, it is a few cameras like my front door camera and some other outdoor cameras or lights, anything that you can have in the Google Home app or SmartThings app, you can put here. Now, by default, it's set up with SmartThings. So if you go in here, you can customize it to use Google Home instead of SmartThings, and you can pick which devices you want to show up on this panel. Media output button. Next is media output. I'll open this real quick because it's Pop-up pretty window. Audible. You just choose the device you this want phone. to cast to. AirPods Pro via John's S23 Ultra. Bathroom speaker. Bedroom display. So just a list of devices here. Home. News. I'm going to go back to the notification, notification shade. 8.48 a.m. And then after. Media output button. Below these two buttons I just described we have. Page Golden Sun 9. The media playback widget. So. If you are playing media or you've recently played media, this is where you will go to get to those controls. So this is the audible. This phone. Widget. Expand button. Previous track button. I have some Play controls button. here. Next track button. Selected page zero of two. Now, it will always tell you you're on page zero. So those aren't labeled correctly, but it at least tells me that I have two pages. So I know there's another page if I want to get to that. I just swipe left with two fingers. So then below this media playback widget, you have your actual notifications. Collapsed. Do not disturb turned on until I turn it off. You can swipe through them. Expand button. To the right of each one, if you're swiping, is a button to expand. Collapsed. Roboroak S7, 8.28 a.m. Finished cleaning. Returning to the dock. I'm going to bring up the actions for this so you can see. Actions. Expand. We can expand. Dismiss. Or dismiss, so I'm going to double tap to dismiss. Collapse, data, zone one. Your front door camera thinks it spotted a familiar face. Notification yep. shade. And then it put me on my next notification. So th this is just going to be a long list of notifications. Um, you can, if you double tap and hold on one. Nest. It'll give you. Turn off notifications. The option to turn off all notifications for that specific app. Settings or to go to the settings for the notification. We will be talking more in depth about notification settings in a later installment of this series, so I won't go there right now. I'll just back out. Home. News. Notification shade. 8.51 a.m. So those are a couple of ways to interact with notifications. 
If you hit expand on it, it'll give you a couple more options. Like if it's a message from somebody and you hit expand, you can reply from the notification or mark it as read, certain things like that. If you get a text message with a security code to log in somewhere, you can hit expand and there's usually a button you can press to copy the code automatically without having to open the app, that type of thing. So that's what the expand button is for. And I showed you you can dismiss it through actions, but you can also dismiss it by swiping it away with two fingers. So swiping to the left with two fingers. I don't do it that way because if you swipe on the wrong notification, you could accidentally dismiss something you haven't read yet. So I usually just stick to actions for dismissing. So that covers the notification shade. Next, I'm going to open the quick settings panel and you can get here by doing a two finger swipe down on the notification shade. So we already have the notification shade open if we swipe down with two fingers. Quick settings, 8.52 a.m. That expands it to the quick settings. And there's the time. And if you swipe to the right, Foo, September 21st. You get the date. Device control button. After that, you have these same two buttons. Media again. output button. Then below that, Wi-Fi on Nymeria button. You have these quick toggles again. Now, there's 12 here by default on the quick settings panel. So the first six are the same as the six we went over, but then there's an additional six. And this takes up roughly the bottom half of the screen. And it's three rows of four icons. And there's actually multiple pages. So if you swipe to the right with two fingers on the bottom half of the screen. Quick share on button. That takes page you to the next page. Two. And then below all of these icons is a quick slider. 100% display brightness slider. For the brightness. And to the right Brightness of that settings panel button. Is the brightness settings panel. So you can tap here to get a couple additional options, such as whether or not you want automatic brightness or extra screen brightness if your device supports it. And there are a few options up near the top right along the top of the screen. The first is search button. This will just take you to the finder. So this is no different than opening the app drawer and searching for an app. Next, we have power off button. This will take you to the power menu where you can restart your phone or turn it off. Open settings button. This will take you to the phone settings. So a quick way to get there. More options button. Then more options. I'll open this. Pop up window. Edit buttons. Click here to edit which toggles appear in the quick settings panel and notification shade. Quick panel layout. Quick panel layout will let you choose whether or not you want those buttons to show for device control and media output and whether you want them to show on both the notification shade and the quick settings panel or just in the quick settings panel or if you just want to hide them altogether. It'll also let you decide whether or not you want the brightness slider to also show up in the regular notification shade without having to expand the quick settings panel. Status bar. Status bar will let you decide what kind of notifications you want to show in the very top of the screen and how you want them to be displayed. And it'll also let you choose whether or not to show the battery percentage, which is mostly a visual thing because TalkBack will report the percentage, whether the number is being shown or not. Contact us. And then contact us.
So I'm going to show you how to edit these buttons. Status bar. Quick panel. Edit buttons. Go here. Quick settings editor. Touch and hold to move buttons. Now on this screen, you'll have buttons on the top half and buttons on the bottom half. The bottom half of the screen are the buttons that are in your quick settings panel. The buttons on the top half are buttons that are not. So I'm just going to put my finger on the top half of the screen here. On, not in quick settings panel. Microphone access, double tap and hold to long press. Double tap and drag to move button. So as you can see, that's something that's not in the quick settings panel. And if I want to add it, as you heard it say, you could double tap and hold and drag it to the bottom of the screen. So I'll do that. Microphone available buttons. Move to row one, column one of available buttons. Move to row two, column one of available buttons. Add to row two, column zero of quick panel. Add to row two, column one of quick panel. So it took a little bit to get caught up, but I'm going to release my finger. Button moved. Dragged item dropped. So that's how you, one way you can add something to the quick settings panel. You can also, I'm going to select something at the top again. Off, not in quick settings panel. Take screenshot, double tap and hold to long press. Double tap and drag to move button. So I'm going to bring up actions. Actions. Move button. And hit move. Add to row zero, column zero of quick panel. Take screenshot long press dot drag to move. Add to row zero, column one of quick panel. Add to row zero, column two of quick panel. So you can just select where you want it to go and double tap. Button moved. So that's how you add buttons. If you want to move buttons, it's a similar thing. You just select the one on the bottom half. Off in quick settings panel. Take screenshot, double tap and hold to long press. Double tap and drag to move button. And you can either double tap and drag it, or you can bring up the actions and choose to move it. And if you move it somewhere else in the quick settings panel, that'll be its new location. Or you can move it to the top half of the screen, which is where all the buttons are that are not in use. And that would be how you remove items that you don't want in the quick settings. So I'll just show you how to remove it real quick. Actions. Move button. Cancel button. So as you can see, the only option move is move. button. Because in order to remove it, you just move it. On, move to row zero, column to top. Move to row zero, column two of available buttons button. So available buttons means buttons that are not in use. So I'm going to double tap there. Button moved. And then when you're done, don't forget near the done bottom right. Button. You need to hit the bu done button to save your changes. And that's how you can customize the quick settings. So I hope this has been helpful. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to the podcast crew for further discussion. Thank you so much for that, John. Now let's talk about uh, some of the things that we find here in that quick panel, John, or you, you could just uh, give us a little thought about it. What are your thoughts about both the notification center and the quick panel? Is there anything out there that stands out to you, most especially managing those uh, brightness controls and things like that? Yeah, I think that is what stands out is that you can, you have a little more flexibility than you would on like a pixel device. You can choose where you want um, your, you know, brightness slider to appear where you want your 
smart home controls and media output to appear and stuff like that. You can even hide them if you want. Yeah, indeed. And this is something that I keep saying, the Samsung One UI is kind of buying me over. And every day I seem to be falling in love with that One UI. And I hope that Google will adopt some of these uh, functionalities that we see with the Samsung One UI. Now, there's one thing, though, that kind of bothers me, and it's across the board. It's not just on Samsung One UI, but even including the uh, Google UI. And that has to do with the fact that we still cannot hear when we move things around, like say, I want to move this from this row or to this column or whatever. I don't recall that the Samsung one tells you when you're dragging that thing and moving it around in as much as it doesn't do that on the pixel. John, does it do it for you? Maybe it's just at my end that I'm not hearing, say, I move it to position one, I'm dragging it. I want to hear, say, uh, yeah, you have moved it to position one or position two, just like when we move things on the home screen. Why yeah, can we it do tells that? You. It says, it tells um, you, row. The only, the only thing that's kind of odd is it, row or column one is zero. So it'll say like row or column zero instead of one, and then it'll say one instead of two and so on. But it will tell you, yeah, as you're dragging it. And it's, it's a little bit delayed. So like you'll have to wait for it to catch up because it's going to announce every spot you've passed over, even if you're not currently there. So if you are dragging um, to move something, just be patient with it because it's going to take a little while to catch up. So it's all boiled down to my impatience. I'd always thought I was such a very patient guy. Hmm? <laughs> Maybe I'm not after all. Because when I drag it and I don't hear, I'm like, well, forget this. It's not working. But I know for certainty that it doesn't do that for us in the Google Pixel launcher. Yeah, but John, if you if you longer press it and uh, drag it with your finger, is it going to report this? Well, it doesn't do it for me. And that's exactly what I'm saying. It doesn't do it for me. I, I do the long pressing and moving it around. I don't do it from the actions. So maybe if it does it from the actions then that's something different, but I've never tried it using the actions. Instead, I just, you know, long press, like Karen says, and then drag it around, and I don't hear a thing. Okay, so let me go ahead and try it. I got my S21 here. Notification uh, let me turn Not up the volume a little bit. Quick settings, 9.30 a.m. Can you guys hear volume set to 78%. Can you guys hear that? Yeah, Is that coming sounds through? good. Okay, so I'm going to tap on that more options on the top right. More options. Pop-up window. Edit buttons. In list. So here I am on edit buttons. Quick settings. Available buttons. Out of list. All right. So I'm going to find something here at random and just long press on it. Light sound notifications. Button. Not in quick settings panel. I'm moving. And nothing. Let me try something My different. Caption, but drag available buttons out of pager. I'm moving. And I'm waiting. I'm moving. Nope. Dragged item dropped. It, it doesn't do it. Yeah, see, I just left, let go of it and it says dragged item dropped. But it doesn't tell you if you are long pressing it. So basically the same thing that the Google Pixel does. 
it doesn't uh, tell you. And it's such a shame because if it does it on the home screen, there's absolutely no reason why uh, we shouldn't be able to have that within that uh, you know, area because it's part of the system. And the same thing, though, I've noticed that it happens as well when one is like, say, you, you're moving your favorites around, especially on my Pixel. I haven't tried that on uh, my Samsung, but something tells me if it doesn't work for this uh, quick panel, moving favorites around by dragging is going to be the same result. So the best thing to do is probably just to use that actions. At least it works. I'll have to try the actions with the Pixel and see if it works or not. Now I'm going to check on my Pixel using the actions and see if it does it. Settings. Page one of three, expanded. Page one, edit order of settings. Quick settings editor. Navigate up, button. Flashlight, position six, in grid, 41 rows, two columns. Okay. So, of course, I know if I drag it, it's not going to work. Now I'm just going to go to actions. Talk back menu. Actions, in list. Actions, move tile, in list. Move to six, in grid, 41 rows, two columns. Move to three. Move to one. Yeah, so if you're using the actions, it does work whether you're on Samsung or on Google. But if you're dragging, then it doesn't. So this is a bug that should be taken care of. Now, it could be that mine is probably just on 5.1, as I'm not sure that I've updated it. It's not my regular uh, phone. So, John, I believe you're on 5.1.1. And that might be the difference here as to why we're hearing uh, mine not doing what it should be doing. But at yeah, least I, I know that, that it's not doing it in my Pixel. Yeah, that probably is it. And it doesn't. I tried it with both Samsung's version and uh, Google's version of TalkBack, and both seem to work for me on my Galaxy Z Flip 5, which is running. 5.1.1. But then the underlining thing is that one has to be patient, give it a little bit of time, don't expect it to be saying it right away. Yeah. Good. Well, I hope Google adopts that because that will make a lot of difference. Visit AccessibleAndroid.com or download Accessible Android from Google Play Store for text tutorials, tips and tricks, and more to make most out of your Android device. This is Android Basics, in which we bring you up to date on the things that you should know to use your Android phone. Let's move on to our second part of this Android Basics segment. And of course, we're talking about that Android 14 QPR 1 Beta 1. You know, so many things have gone wrong about this thing, guys, right from the get-go. It was supposed to drop on Monday the 18th, right? That thing didn't drop till the 20th of um, this month. So two days later, Google is just late everywhere. And besides the oddity, which we mentioned last week, we had never had a situation wherein the QPR precedes the regular release. Usually, the regular release comes first and the QPR builds on that uh, regular release. But then Google didn't do that. And look at where we are today, having the QPR preceding 
the actual release of the regular Android 14. Here's the funniest thing that I want to read here a little bit that Google said, and I find it very interesting because it's just very odd. Here's what that's, that thing says. It says, building upon the initial release of Android 14, we continue to update the platform with fixes and improvements that are then rolled out to supported devices. So here's my problem. I think this thing was not written right. It should have said building upon the beta releases of Android 14. We don't have an initial Android 14. So it kind of makes no sense at all. Uh, what do you guys think about that little uh, clip there I just read? I think they have copy-pasted from Android 13 and just made a change in the number, and they must have said that because I don't know what they are trying to do. Yeah, that must be exactly <laughs> what's going on. Because this is so odd. Like I said, we've never had this before. And so we kind of, we touch a little bit on this when we're talking about the fact that it was going to be here uh, this week. And of course, uh, here we are. And if you jump into it, like some of us have, I have, John has, and Austin, you have, haven't you? Yeah, I haven't. I've uh, opted into Q and under the QBR one, so I have the beta running. Now there are some advisories, and I want to look at some of those advisories. And here's what it says: Beware of these general advisories about the release. And here are some of those advisories. It says this release might have various stability battery or performance issues and then two for users with accessibility needs this release might not be appropriate for daily use you know we keep seeing this every time google uh, releases uh, something and uh, this like a little disclaimer if you have some disability or some accessibility needs this may not be an appropriate uh, thing for you to use i don't understand this guys what do you think about this kind of stuff i mean we someone should be checking these things to make sure that we have equal access so i just wanted to say that this these lines are there in every beta ever released? I don't know from when I'm using betas and other beta products. In all those products, this line is, has to be there. I don't know why they from where they have bought this line up. Okay, so what I think is that um, what they are giving or the impression that they are giving is that uh, accessibility is not thought of from the start of building the um, the update. So this means that it's like a, th a second thought or, okay, okay, we will now uh, focus on the uh, mainstream stuff and on the features, and then we'll um, let um, the accessibility stuff be focused on. And this is not giving a good impression, I think. Or it could be that they are just wanting to make sure that they cover their behind, you know? So if something doesn't work too well for you as someone with an accessibility need, then at least you know that we've given you that warning that, yeah, this thing may not be working for you. 
to continue with my statement i also think that because the qpr1 and other betas might crash or might have some serious bugs talkback and other accessibility products might stop working and if your phone crashes and you don't have any help around then it will be a problem for you to get help so that's what they are implying with yeah but we haven't seen any consequential things happen as a result but i think like i said they want to make sure that they've covered their behinds in the event that something is not working well for you then you know it's that accessibility that might be the problem but anyway i haven't seen any problems yet so we're on good grounds the only thing that i noticed though is that when i unlock my phone it says 123 home or one to home. Now, I haven't done uh, my doctrinal thing whereby I would do a factory reset because I've not been feeling so well this week. And so I haven't had the time to do a factory reset to see if that changes. If it does change when I do a factory reset next week, I'll be sure to report that when I have it um, reset. Speaking of accessibility, I'm going to open another page. You know, when you when you contact the support team for anything you're having issues with, and when you when you talk about your using accessibility product like Talkback or something like that, they say it must be something to do with your Talkback version. But in fact, there is nothing to do with Talkback. I'm just stating that I'm using Talkback. But they say, okay, for example, you're having a problem with Chrome, and there is a bug in Google Chrome. They say it might be the problem with the Talkback that you're using. No way. Well, but don't you tell them what version you have. Even though you tell them you're using the latest version, this maybe you broke something inside. <laughs> okay. Well, what can I say? So, this is this uh, comment is not only with Google, but it's with everything else. I contact any software, anything non-Google software, and tell them I'm using a screen reader. They say, "Oh no, your screen reader might be having giving this error." It might not be supporting the software. There was some problem. So the blame is always on the screen reader. They really need to get away with this. I mean, they need to know that screen reader is not breaking things. Well, you never know. The screen reader could be breaking something in the background, right? What else can we say about these things, my friends? Uh, you know, if everything is kind of getting blamed on our access, then what else can we say? It could be that, you know, that screen reader doing something funny in the background. You never can tell, can you? <laughs> That's my sarcasm there, by the way. So let's look at the third item here. It says some apps might not function as expected when running on these release. These limitations include Google's apps as well as other apps. Number four, Android 14 QPR beta builds aren't compatibility test suite CTS approved, but they have passed preliminary testing and provide a stable set of pre-release apps for developers. Apps that depend on CTS approved builds or use safety net APIs might not work normally on Android 14 QPR beta builds. 
So those are some of the uh, advisories that we have about this. Now, I do want to mention here that um, my uh, wallet is not working. So that's one of those things that got broken. And uh, so if you are using your wallet, it may not be broken for you, but it is broken. And I just checked and some people are having the same problem. So it's something that Google didn't mention in here, but it's happening. It's happening because the safety net API is not present. So there is no encrypted channel between your phone and the the provider that provides the finance or the card provider. So that's why it does not work. Yeah, so we got these problems to be aware of. So if you are part of this and you notice something odd not working for you, it could be part of that. Now, so if you decide to jump on it, then keep some of these things in mind. And I think another thing that is not working right or maybe got fixed, I got I don't remember which is what, but it has to do with if you swap SIMs or something, it may not work or you know, connect to the uh, cellular network or something along that line. Um, I don't remember what the exact wording is, but it has to do like, you know, hot swapping of your SIM cards and things like that. For today, we should reserve something for QPR2. And I think we should uh, tell our listeners some of the new features. However, some of them, they don't work. You need to enable some flags for them to work. But uh, there are some new features most of them are visual but there are there is there are two very interesting features that interest me so warren you can give them a whole list and then i can comment on them well so a lot of these things like you said austin uh some of them are hidden behind flags which means because we got two more betas between now and december when this uh, qpr would mature which we call a google feature drop but I think one of the things that we've been waiting for for a long time, and Google finally got around to doing so, has to do with the fact that we can now see our battery count uh, cycles, you know, how many times it's charged your battery when your battery was manufactured and how many times it has gone through a cycle. So, Austin, you want to show that on your phone? That would be great. So I'm on my in my settings page, and then I clicked on About Phone, and you need to scroll down to battery information. And you need to click on this. Battery information. Navigate up. Manufacture date. March 6, 2023. One of three. Enlist. Three. Cycle count. 49. Two of three. Due to quality inspections before shipping, the cycle count may not be zero on first use. Three. So that is the three lines that are there, the manufacturing date, the cycle count, which is 49, which means that if you charge your phone for 100%, that means one cycle. So let's say you charge your phone for 10% today and about 60% tomorrow and the remaining 30% day after, then that counts as one cycle. And the third line that says quality inspection and all is that when your phone is being built, they do some diagnostics before shipping your phone and then that does not count as a cycle. It says something like that. And the manufacturing date also is there. 
but they should have also given a line that says your battery health because cycles don't matter every in all the thing it unless you know like your battery is rated for so many cycles then you can calculate that's a huge omission and you know this is the first foray into this and i'm hoping though that somehow down the line that they are going to bring this uh, battery health you know letting us know whether you are at 80% or whatever because that's what people want to know of course it's important to know the cycles that i've had but at least i want to know what my battery health is for example i got mine back last year also you just got yours uh like in june of this year yeah, third week of yeah, june, june and yeah. i got mine uh, pixel 7 pro back in Uh, October of last year somewhere in there mine says the battery was built you know in September and i have so far 134 cycles you know in mine but you know that doesn't tell me anything about the battery health like you said Austin and so i think that one crucial part has to be with uh, that battery health i need to know that it's important and google needs to fix that Yeah, it's so easy enough to calculate I think because there's what they shoot for is something along the lines of like after 5 is it 500 or 300 cycles it's supposed to be down to 80 it's still supposed to be above 80% health so I mean they could just extrapolate the data from there you know converting it and give you an estimate even if they put a disclaimer in there saying this is just an estimate you know it would be nice to have it so either give us the battery health or give us like how much how many cycles does your phone battery is rated for so that we can calculate that thing on depending on that yeah and and then another thing though and and this has to do with the tablet or the fold that finally got a fix i mean it's a fix somehow but uh, so as you some of the apps don't you know when you run those apps it don't take the full advantage of the screen so google kind of somehow fix that so especially i think the one that i heard about the most has to do with instagram because it has that borders you know basically the app was not developed for tablets but so google found a walk around to where you could choose to customize those things to stretch to fit uh, the screen so that's another good thing another one has to do with the foldable whereupon if you have an app while the tablet or google fold is unfolded and you're working on an app and you close that fold then it's working there for you on your outer screen but you can customize it it can time out if you don't attend to it you know within the Uh, appropriate time but you can further customize how long it should stay without being touched before it goes away so i think that's another good thing that google probably is taking from samsung's uh, playbook so you know these guys take things from each other and it's a good thing we the consumers why not being the ones that benefit from such moves another feature that i'm very interested in is the low powered find my phone so what happens is for those of you who have not get got your phone robbed or anything your as the robbers pick up your phone they power it down or they change your sim and that this feature can come in very handy because it uses low powered bluetooth so that you can locate your phone and it uses that on the what but it's the feature is there so we need to try it out and see what happens and how it works 
it may not be working in ccr1 but it may work in it may be working later on but at least the feature the api is there that's right and it's not working for anyone right now but at least it's part of the roadmap and it's going to be there whether in beta 2 beta 3 or in the final uh, drop in december for qpr1 and then when we get that feature we'll also have the feature that when your phone is powered off the battery doesn't hold its charge so we're stealing this yeah. this feature slash bug from apple because that's why iphones don't hold their charge when they're powered off because they go to a low energy mode they don't really it will, it will take some time but the the battery will drain for sure there'll be a little bit of a drain over time yeah so when it's here we'll see if that really, or if Google does something different, we'll see what happens. You know, Google is an all-powerful Google. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> decide to... yeah. yeah, but but is Bluetooth low energy? It's not Bluetooth no energy. You know, it doesn't run on magic. Well, you never know. Google may have some Haitian magic. You never can tell with Google. <laughs> Oh, another thing, though, that also is not quite there. I don't know anyone remember back then when we had the uh, uh, on tap from Google. Google introduced that thing back with Marshmallow, and then it kind of got taken away. And somehow some people are seeing it in the flags. Remember back in those days when you long press the home key, for example, and you can you can analyze the items or the text that's there and things like that. It was quite a great feature and Google took it away, but somehow uh, people that are digging into this QPR are finding references to it on the uh, search handler, which is basically the same thing. So I'm looking forward to that on tap, Google on tap coming back. It'll be great. We also need to tell our listeners that some of these features that we are talking about it may not be there in the final release, and also the Stonehouse can have a lot of links. So check it out. If I know the website is not uh, the show notes are not easy to get to on the website, but if you go to YouTube, they'll be surely there on YouTube. That's an easier way to get the show notes. Coming up next is the tip of the week. Stay tuned for tips, tricks, and more about Android. We now move on to our final segment of the week, and that's the tip of the week. And we're looking at Help Me Write. Here's that little quick view of the Help Me Write. Hi. For episode 146 tip of the week, this is demonstrating the new feature found in Gmail and Google Messages called Compose for Me. I've had this feature now for a little over a month, and today I'm showing you how to use that power of AI to compose your email messages if you happen to be a lazy one like me. Nah, just kidding. I don't do that, but it's here in the event that you want to use it. I am in my Gmail uh, app now, and I'll find and tap on the compose at the bottom of the screen. That's on the bottom right. Compose, button, out of list, Gmail, edit box, editing for death, in list, showing English. US I have tapped on Compose, and now I'm going to input an address. I'm going to just put it to myself, W-A. At W, W, A, A, 
And I'm going to find my name and tab on it or my email address. Warcare. Warcare at gmail. Contact suggestion. There we go. I just tapped on my username and I'm going to go down to the subject field. Subject. Edit box. Here I am on the subject field and I'll tab here to activate subject. the subject field. Showing English USQWERTY. Now I'm going to dictate something. Assistant voice typing. Coming home for Christmas. Next. Stop. Voice typing stopped. Assistant voice typing. I give it a subject field that says coming home for Christmas. I am now in the body of the message and I'm going to hide my keyboard. Edit box. Keyboard hidden. At the bottom right corner of my phone is the button we're going to be working on. And that button simply says... Help me write button. Help me write. And now I'm going to tap here. An email to catch up with an old friend. Edit box. Editing. Showing English USQWER. When you tab here, it gives you suggestions as to what you would like to do and things like that. Now, you can do whatever you want. For this demonstration, I had mentioned something about coming home for Christmas. Therefore, I'm going to type something having to do with Christmas. The rule is that at least you give up to three words. So you write down at least three words in order for you to take those three words and give you a composition. So I'm going to type in here or voice dictate here. I am writing to let you know I'm coming home for Christmas. P. Assistant voice typing. I am writing to tell you that I am coming home for Christmas. Period. Stop. Voice typing stopped. I told it to stop. Now, above the keyboard, on the top right corner of the keyboard, we find this. Create button. We find the create I tab. Creating. Hi, recipient name. So it says hi, and you're going to put in I'll the... I'll be coming home for Christmas. I'm looking forward to seeing you all. Best. Your name, edit box. Keyboard hidden. That was a very short one, so you, it has the hi, and you can fill in the name of the person that you want to write to. And then, of course, at the end of the message, you can put your name. So at the bottom of your phone, we find the following button that simply says... Insert button. Insert. So, for example, if I insert that... Web view. It has inserted that message... That coming I just, home for Christmas. Edit box. Subject. There's my subject. Coming home for Christmas. Web view. And then... Hi, recipient name. I'll be coming home for Christmas. I'm looking forward to seeing you all. Best. Your name. Edit box. And now at the bottom, if I'm not satisfied with this particular message, I could change it. And at the bottom here, we find this button that simply says... Refine my message. Button. Refine my message. I tap. Web view. Tapping on refine my message, we got a couple rows of buttons. The first one, which is toward the bottom, starting from the left, we've got. Formalize, 
button, in grid, two rows, three columns. I could formalize that into the right of it. Elaborate, button. Why not make it elaborate into the right of that? Shorten, button. I could still shorten that particular message we're seeing above there. And below that, we have a couple set of buttons. Starting from the left, we've got... I'm feeling lucky, button. I'm feeling lucky, to the right. Write a draft, button. I could write a draft, so if I tap here, it's going to give me those suggestions like we saw earlier, like I could put in the subject matter or, you know, the topic I want to talk about. Let's try to do the formalize or elaborate. I'm going to... Formalize button. I'll formalize it. Tap. Formalize button with loading animation. Disabled. Dear recipient name, I hope this email finds you well. I'm writing to let you know that I'll be coming home for Christmas. I'm really looking forward to seeing you all again and spending some time with family. I'm still working out the details of my travel plans, but I'll be sure to let you know as soon as I have more information. In the meantime, I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. Best. Your name, edit box. And now at the bottom. Replace. Button. And basically, I'll be replacing the one that we had earlier. So I'll tap. Replace. Button. Replace. This is a creative writing aid and is not intended to be factual. Learn more. Okay. Replace button. Web view. I just tapped on replace. Now if I put my finger up at the top. Coming home for Christmas. Edit box. Subject. That's my subject. Move my finger down. Dear recipient name. I hope this email finds you well. I'm writing to let you know that I'll be coming home for Christmas. I'm really looking forward to seeing you all again and spending some time with family. I'm still... There's that same message that I just replaced. And now, if I didn't like it again, remember, you can change it. Refine my message button. There at the bottom. I'll tap there. Web view. And this time, let's choose elaborate. Right. Elaborate button. Elaborate button with loading animation. Disabled. Dear recipient name, I hope this email finds you well. I'm writing to let you know that I'll be coming home for Christmas. I'm really looking forward to seeing you all again and spending some time with family. I know it's been a while since I've been home, and I'm excited to catch up on everything. I'm also looking forward to helping out with the holiday preparations. I know how much you all love Christmas, and I want to make it extra special this year. I'm still working out the details of my travel plans, but I'll be sure to let you know as soon as I have more information. In the meantime, I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. Best. Your name, edit box. And if I like it, remember at the bottom there is that replace. Replace button. Web view. There we have it. Dear recipient name, I hope this email finds you well. I'm writing to let you know that I'll be coming home for Christmas. I'm really looking forward to seeing you all again and spending some time with family. I know it's been a while since I've been home, and I'm excited to catch up on everything. I'm also looking forward to helping out with the holiday preparations. I know how much you all love Christmas, and I want to make it extra special this year. I'm still working out the details of my travel plans, but I'll be sure to let you know as soon as I have more information. In the meantime, I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. Best. Your name. Edit box. And that's it. Now all I need to do is tap on the send. Send. Button. And I'm not going to send this, and I'm going to tap on the more options. More options, but pop-up window. And now I'm going to tap on discard. There is my discard. And 
I'll tap here to discard the message. Message discarded. Gmail. Mail. And that's your tip of the week on how to use the Help Me Write, be it in messages or in your Gmail app. Very funny comment to make. So the pixel, the QPR1 is teaching Warren how to count and the Help Me Write is teaching Warren how to write. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Most especially when I'm trying to unlock my screen. One, two, three, boy, your screen is unlocked. All good things must end. Thus, it's curtain drawing time, bringing us to the close of this week's episode. Coming up, though, we give you information on how to get hold of us. And with that, we come to the end of this week's episode. Austin, though, is standing by to give you information on how you can get hold of us. And as always, we do want to thank you so much for listening to us. You guys have made us what we are today. And here's Austin to tell you that information on how you can get hold of us. To contact us, you can send an email to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. You can join a mailing list by sending an email to blind Android users plus subscribe at groups.io. You can join our Telegram, Facebook, Discord, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. The links for everything will be at the bottom of the show notes and also in the video description of the YouTube channel. And also the links are in the websites panel of the YouTube channels. Thank you so much, Austin. And that brings us to the close. And from me, it's goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Until we see you next week, don't forget to leave us your comments and suggestions via our email contact or using any of our social media sites. Have a great week.